Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Damon Burton. He's the president of SEO National, and I loved this episode. He really digs into a couple of things. First of all, namely, what the heck is SEO and how can you use it for your business? But he also, as someone who is an expert in business and getting more sales for your business, he talks about how you can use the power of intentionality and relationships to really get more customers and get people thinking about you really in a positive way in terms of buying from you. Some really Really incredible nuggets in this episode. Make sure you check out his book. Make sure you check him out on LinkedIn. That'll all be in the episode description below. Hey, enough of me. You're going to love this episode. Check it out. Here comes your good advice. Hey, thanks for checking out another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. We're bringing you some good advice today. We're talking about a subject that I'm personally excited to be talking about. We're having a guest on today, Damon Burton. He's the president of SEO National. He's also the author of the book, Outrank, Your Guide to Making More Online by Showing Up Higher on Search Engines and Outranking Your Competition. He's also the host of the Facebook group, Outrank, with over 1,000 members strong, and he's a podcast host of the Learning From Others podcast. Woo, Damon, Woo. thank you for being here today. Hello, my cupcake friend, Blake. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so we got to pause there for a second because now people are like, okay, they have a weird relationship. Like, uh, yeah. so Cupcake. <laughs> I, I got to brag on Damon for a second because there's two, there's two reasons I'm excited to have you on here today, Damon. First of all, man, I'm excited to talk about SEO because I feel like this is something that is so... It's like the hairy meatball. It's like, what the heck <laughs> is that? Like, what, How does this thing even work? So I'm excited to get your expertise there. But the second reason I'm really excited to have you on is because, man, you really understand business. And the reason I know that is because, so I was on Damon's podcast and he sent me as a thank you gift for coming on. He sent me a handwritten card and a thank or, and a, uh, a, a couple of cupcakes in the mail, which I don't know how you landed on cupcakes, by the way. But Everyone who's, who's been in business long enough knows that a little bit of intentionality goes a long way. And so getting yeah. those cupcakes, I know my wife and I both have enjoyed them, but we were like, okay, this guy understands relationships. He understands business. And obviously I don't have very high standards because you've already won me over. With, <laughs> that's all it took. That's so. not good enough. That's yeah. not good enough. <laughs> so um, first of all, first things first, how are you today? I'm doing good. You know, it's funny because you come onto these these podcasts and shows and you get the intro where you have these accomplishments, um, which is exciting to talk about. But 10 minutes before this, I was spraying weeds. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's so funny. Like, I, I, I like coming onto these and being like, hey, this is a reality of things. Like to hit a home run and have big accomplishments. Like I'm just an average guy, right? So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about these things and talk about hairy meatballs. And I'm glad you enjoyed your <laughs> cupcakes. And you're you're right though. That's totally um, the the play on cupcakes and and handwritten notes is is it it didn't take me a lot of time. 
you know, to send a client or a, a new contact a handwritten note, five minutes maybe, and mm-hmm. 50 cents. Uh, and But I get way more feedback and positive reinforcement and relationship building from those manual things than I do from all the fancy automation that's available. So, you know, nothing against fancy automation, but we live in such a... Right technological society now that now things are kind of the opposite that those manual things are what now are starting to get recognized more so yeah it's like we get so and again not knocking the automation because you're right it's we live in an incredible time that it's so useful but i mean think about the last time you got snail mail from someone who maybe was a perspective um someone you were going to invest in or someone a service Mm -hmm. you were going to pay for and how much that stood out to you this feels like common sense from like a business standpoint, but yet, why does it feel like it's so few and far between that people are so intentional? You know, they're taking those five extra minutes, they're spending that 50 cents. Like, why, why do people not necessarily jump on that as quickly as they could? It's because we're humans and we like shiny objects. And so it's <laughs> like, well, what's the, what's the latest hack and how can I automate everything? And like, I do, I do, I, I play on both sides of the fence. Like, of course, I want to automate things. Blake, I hate to surprise you, but when we're done recording this, you're going to get an automated email that says, thanks for having me on your show. But the the way that I position even my automation, as you'll see when you get it, is very personal. And, and it even admits it. Like, my confirmation email that you will get after we're done recording this will say, beep, boop, Hey, look, it's Damon's fancy automation tool. Like cut the crap and, and yeah. stop pretending like it's, it's really you because that desensitizes the engagement because they're like, oh, yay, another email. But I do the same thing when, when I do LinkedIn engagement or reach out to people. Um, you know, I try to find ways to do it at scale, but bring a personal touch. So when I reach out to somebody on LinkedIn, like I don't sales pitch them. In fact, quite the opposite. I tell them. I'm not going to sales pitch them. And then I even tell them, this will be the last message that you get from me. You know, of course, unless they reply, then I'll follow up. But people want authenticity and transparency. And like you said, a little bit of intent. So do the automation, do the things at scale that you can, but add that little bit of personal touch in there so it doesn't feel like automation. Mm-hmm. Well, you use the word authenticity and it feels like this is a word that it's, it's both so powerful and yet so cliche in mm-hmm. that people will, it'll be the start of their sales script of like, Hey, I want to, I just want to be authentic with you. I just want to lead with value. Like they've picked up these really, you know, these buzzwords, mm-hmm. but then it's just, it's, it's yet another, you know, sales script. It's yet another, um, it's something you've heard before. Uh, and I like what you said just a few minutes ago, you know, you mentioned, Hey, I'm just the average guy which we live in a world that's there's so many gurus and digital marketers who are like mm-hmm. selling the hack, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that about you. How, how have you tried, how have you kept yourself from really drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak, and like falling into that trap of presenting the, the guru-esque personality um, and trying to convince people of, you know, the secret sauce? A little, probably a little bit of two things. One is, I don't want to say luck or, you know, genetics or whatever. Like, it's just the way that I've been. Like, I've never been a pukey person, even before social media blew up. So I started SEO National 14 years ago. And even back then, before social media started blowing up, um, it just wasn't my thing. Like, I just am not a pukey salesperson. And, and so that part's luck. But then it's become intentional over time because I've realized 
the that by being transparent and I totally agree about the pukey. Um, I even made a post the other day about, can somebody come up with new words for hustle and grind because I'm doing it, but I hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I, I've observed that by having my ways and going against the grind and just, uh, it was just cringy. I just didn't want to do that. And then doing it long enough, I've realized that I've built the successful agency and I've done all these great things without being pukey, without the funnels and the hacks. And, and when I look back on the types of relationships that I have and how I've grown from that, they are better relationships than most other business owners have. They are, um, more loyal in being a client. They refer other people. Like once you bring, good, trustworthy results and have an actual relationship, not just a transaction, then those people welcome you into their inner circle of other friends and entrepreneurs and business owners. And you can get into um, relationships and deals and accounts that you, you couldn't do otherwise with the pukey sales pitch. And I can give you, you know, a brief example is um, this was about two years ago. I, I made some posts on LinkedIn and uh, it resonated with this gentleman. This gentleman reached out and said, Hey, saw your post. We're shopping around SEO. Could you meet up? They just happen to be local. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And you know, most of my clients have actually never met um, because they're not local. And the, so this guy happened to be local and he said, Hey, let's meet up. I went and had a meeting with him. And then when I left, he said, you know, what's interesting about you coming in and giving, um, you know, very rarely do you leave a marketing meeting, not more confused. And you came in and you didn't only tell us the advantages of what you offer. You also told us the disadvantages. You didn't sell us, you educated us. Mm. And that's always been my whole process is educate your potential buyers because that helps establish trust. It helps position you as an authority. And then it brings down the sales walls because they don't feel that slimy sales. You know, you know, you're there for business and everybody mm -hmm. does, but it's still kind of gross. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in and educate them, you end up closing more deals and you have a better relationship. So anyways, made this post. Um, you, you've ruined it. I can't say value first now, but I, <laughs> I made this but, but post. But you did though. You did. You led with it though. And that's, that was only my point is we, it's the people, it's the people who actually do it versus the ones who just say, like say they're doing it, right? Because they yeah. say it somewhere. Like if you go look at my posts, almost never is there a call to action. It's, it's here's, here's your problem, here's a solution, the end. Because I want people exposed to my expertise and I want to build that trust with them. So when they are ready, like you can't force a person to, you know, pull the trigger. I mean, you can, but that gets into the gross sell stuff. Right. But when they're ready to buy, you can be top of mind. And then they just come to you and say, I already know you. I already trust you. I already know your expertise. Here's my money. Mm. So by doing that in that post, you know, I, I meet with this guy, I have a sales meeting. Um, so within a week of this post, they move forward, sign as a client within two weeks of them being a client, because we built uh, a great relationship already in that short amount of time frame, um, They said, Hey, I want to introduce you to somebody else. They introduced me to somebody else. Um, that person becomes a client. And then within one week of working with that second client, they say, Hey, can I introduce you to the Utah jazz? And I'm like, yeah, who are you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, so here within, within three weeks, I have three yeah. new clients from one post that had zero call to action. So it ended up being, um, you know, the one guy that I was, um, hit me up on the post. He moved forward. The guy he introduced me to was a friend of his. That friend was, um, the, the marketing manager over, um, the, the client that he brought 
to the table. And then he happened to be the exiting vice president of retail sales at the Utah Jazz's retail division team store. And so he was like the guy to talk to. And I could have never sent a postcard to that guy. I could have never sent him a Facebook ad. I never could have done a targeted LinkedIn ad to get in front of that guy in the right way for him to ever pick up the phone and call me and reach out. Mm-hmm. So you get those better relationships with um, better clients with more loyalty. Uh, it might be a slower play to figure out what your voice and your angle is, but long-term to me, it's still even worth it. Well, and, and I'm curious, man, how do you, how have you built your patience over time? Cause it's really, it's interesting to listen to you talk about, cause you're, you're talking about like long-term strategy. You're talking about having a level of patience for those, those right customers and building trust with those customers compared to, I mean, a lot of business owners today, especially salespeople, I mean, they're just mm-hmm. thirsty. You know, that's, that's why yeah. they're, they're using these really cliche expressions is because they are so hungry for the sale at the expense of maybe the sale tomorrow or next week or the week after. You mm-hmm. on the flip side, you're talking about this really deeply rooted patience on, on still being hungry. It's not, you know, obviously you're not, not being aggressive, but, yeah. but, but really thinking about long-term strategy. Is that something you've built over time? Is that just natural to you? What does that look like? A little bit of both. I've always been okay with delayed gratification. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I am, I am far from not hungry and not thirsty. I mean, every morning I, I'm not a morning person at all, but I still get up at five because I want to hustle and grind it out. <laughs> but you know, so yeah, I want it just as much as the next guy, but I also like to sleep at night and I also like doing business with, uh, with people that I like doing business with. Um, I mean, I just fired a client two weeks ago that just, wasn't respectful to the process and wasn't open to um, communicating. And it was just a bad vibe. Like I want to eliminate toxicity in my life at all costs. So it's, it's a little bit of a balance of, um, you know, wanting to scale and grow and, and doing business with people. Like I just want to enjoy who I do business with. Like, I don't know, I guess that's the answer. Yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Well, let's talk about your area of expertise, uh, SEO and I want to pull a specific line about your business. Um, we help businesses show up higher on search engines for words they can monetize. And then, man, I love these next few words, without paying for ads. Yeah. Uh, you, you have sort of this lightning in a bottle in terms of, obviously, you've, you've figured out SEO. And I saw another post from you this morning where you were talking about on a scale from one to 10, how knowledgeable do you think the average person is on SEO? Yeah. You said most people won. And I thought, yeah, yeah that is, I mean, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent, 99% of the time. That's, that's totally true. People have no idea what's going on with SEO. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people. I have no clue other than, you know, use the keywords you're supposed to, I guess. Hit us with the magic, man. Like what, what's happening in SEO? What are some misconceptions how can we use it more effectively? And I know I'm, I'm <laughs> we're, we're talking about like the next 10 minutes to like really dig into this. <laughs> so we're going to like barely scratch the surface. Yeah. Help, help me have the right thinking here. What's going on with SEO? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was an interesting post. So like I said, I, I somebody messaged me and asked me that and I thought, wow, that, that's such a simple question to ask, but it, it really does. It really is kind of a powerful thing to look at. And, and we can actually start with what you said. You know, most people think just use the keywords and it's actually, <clears throat> excuse me, quite the opposite. Um, so certainly you, you have to figure out what words you can monetize and you do want to massage those keywords in certain places strategically, but that is not the only way and the only path. So if you hyper condense SEO, let's actually go a step 
back and let's define SEO. So SEO stands for search engine optimization. And it's like you said, the goal is to show up higher in search engines for words that you can monetize, but without paying for ads. And so you start with some keyword research, competitive analysis, because you want words that you can monetize. So you don't want to just shotgun the words and assume that this is what you want to target. And I can actually give you a great example. So one of my first, actually the first official SEO client that I've had who is still a client 14 years later is a company that does uh, electronic contract manufacturing. And so basically what that means is, is they work with, excuse me, printed circuit board assembly. They don't make the circuit boards. They take the circuit boards and put them together with all the other stuff to make, you know, phones or like lights and sewing machines and whatever runs on circuit boards. So, when they first came to the discussion, they said, well, we want to target printed circuit boards. And they were spending money on printed circuit boards, on paid ads. Well, as I went in and looked at the data, 80% of their budget and time was going towards printed circuit boards. And they made zero money on printed circuit boards because they don't make printed circuit boards. They assemble them into greater products, Mm -hmm. larger products. So you have to look at what actually can generate revenue and you can monetize, not just what you think. Because you have to align your product and your content, which we'll talk about here in a minute, with your buyer's intent. So first, you have to do research on buyer intent and what keywords align with that thought process of who are the people that want to give you money. So once you identify what those are, and depending on how much time we have, I can go over some free tools. But once you identify what those are, then you build out a content strategy around that. Um, Before we get into the content strategy, though, now let's kind of hyper-condense the explanation of SEO. So SEO falls into two categories. One category is what you do on your website and what another category is what you do externally to your website. So the second category, what you do externally to your website, like the popularity contest, um, that's going to bring the most exposure and the most gains, but that will only work if you have a solid foundation um, of your website structure. So it's like building a house. You can have the most beautiful, amazing looking house, but if you didn't put a foundation on, it's going to fall apart eventually. Right. So what that foundation is, is really basic stuff. People overcomplicate it. It's, does it load quickly? Go to gtmetrics.com, free website. It'll tell you how quickly your website loads and what's screwing it up that you can make it load quicker. Um, have, make sure it's mobile friendly. As of 2016, in most industries, most traffic is on a mobile device. Here it is 2020. Some industries is as much as 90% or more. So you have to have a mobile-friendly, quick-loading website. Then you get into the content. You have to answer your consumers' questions. You have to solve their problems. At the end of the day, if here's a really simple way of how to understand how to excel at SEO. Make Google look good. So like, if you can make Google look good, they're going to go, well, Blake's website gave the answer to the question that our searcher had or sold them the product that they needed to solve their problem. So that meant we gave them the right site, which made us look good. So if Blake continues to make us look good, we're going to send him more people so we can continue to make, make ourselves look good because people just want, Google just wants people on their website. They just want to monetize it. So if you can do that through good user experience, good design, good content, then you're going to rank higher. So that's obviously we can go into super technical stuff, but that's a really simple way of looking at SEO. So that's kind of category number one, what you do on your website. Category number two, uh, what you do externally to your website. It's a popularity contest. The more websites that you can get talking about you, linking to you, mentioning you, it's a vote in that popularity contest. So there's ways where you can produce content to attract eyeballs. If you focus on quality content instead of quantity, 
then you get, you know, attract good readers when people stay on your website longer because it's good content. Google looks at that and it's called bounce rate. So the less people bounce and abandon your website, the more it's going to rank better. The more people are going to share your content because it's awesome and made them feel good or solve their problem. Uh, so we can get into drill down more technically into that, but that's kind of the high level concept of it. It's not that complicated. It's just patience and doing it right. Well, I think it's, it's, you know, you talk to business owners, maybe who are maybe they're, maybe they're aspiring business owners, maybe they're brand new to the entrepreneurship game, or they've just started their business. And it, again, these are the things that you're, you're talking about long-term gains. I mean, you're putting in work day to day to create those customers, maybe a week from now or a month from now. Or I know what I've heard with SEOs that it can take anywhere from six to nine months to really see traction created. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate, by the way? Yeah, it's actually longer than that now. I mean, prior to six to 12 months kind of used to be the benchmark prior to two major algorithm updates in 2011 to 2012. Nowadays, I tell everybody you need to mentally commit to at least a year. Um, so, because there's... Well, there's uh, a, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Because there's a lot that I can go into beyond that, but I want to continue answering what the rest of your question well, is. Well, the thing I'm getting at is it. I know for me and working with businesses, it's hard to get someone to move past the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, if, especially talking about SEO, if I'm a business owner and I'm, I have to invest my time and energy in a way that is supposed to not pay off, or it's not really, I'm not going to see the, the fruit of it a year mm-hmm. from now. I know one of the biggest flaws in businesses today, it's, it's literally just an inability to see past tomorrow. You know, it's fighting the mm-hmm. fires today rather than, and it's the whole, you know, the cliche expression, working in your business rather than working on your business. Yeah. How do you, as someone who sells SEO, how do you really get someone to um, not just buy in like literally, but like mentally get to the point of, and it's really that patience I was, I was complimenting you on earlier, but that long-term thinking of like, man, I'm, I'm investing energy today to pay for that customer tomorrow, you know, next year, what have you. Yeah. What does that look like? There's a couple different answers. So you know, me specific, I'll answer me specifically and then me in general. So me specifically, I'm fortunate that we've built up a, you know, a, a track record where usually by the time people come to us, they're referred by another client. And so it, we, there's not a lot of sales discussion. It's like, Hey, I know what you do and I'm ready to move forward. So we're pretty fortunate that way. But the, the way that other SEOs or other marketers can better understand how to get to that position is like we said earlier, you need to educate your buyer. And so when, other SEOs, a lot of times they say, yeah, it's going to take a year, um, take it or leave it. And, and, and they, it's like all this mystical things that go on in SEO and their answers to why it takes a long time is because we have a proprietary thing we do. And so they don't educate the customer. Me, I total opposite. So I proactively educate them. I say, hey, you know, you want to mentally commit to at least a year. Um, and it's not because I want to lock you in. It's because the logistics behind what it takes to do SEO the right way, it takes time. And here's three examples of, of why we got to do this. You know, it's going to take us a month just to finish the keyword research and competitive analysis and map out a content strategy. Then it's going to take us another month to at least write the first batch of content. Then we have to publish it and distribute it. So we're like three months in before we even hit the ground running. So if you can explain that to them and understand the value that's being built and that foundation that's being established throughout the process, then they're more likely to proceed. But then the other thing that you can do is you can kind of quantify it and you can say, okay, do you want to pay? All right, you're already paying 5,000 bucks a month for paid ads. 
you're paying that money towards something you will never own. You will never own Facebook. You will never own that audience. You will never own Google ads. Or do you want to pay 3000 bucks a month for SEO? It's going to take longer, but it's an asset you own. It's an mm. asset you will always own. You'll always control it. So now let's fast forward to a year. You pay 3000 bucks a month, and now it's starting to drive a return. In fact, a better return with more traffic, more consistently at a higher conversion rate because the people that search that are based on intent and not demographic. And right. so they want that information. They want that thing. Or are you going to continue to pay $5,000 a month forever? And probably more because paid ads become more competitive and the cost per acquisition you know, ends up getting higher and the value of the sale and the repeat buyer goes down. So then that's one way you can literally quantify it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it's very easy at that point to say, okay, would you rather save 2000 bucks a month and sell way more? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So there's a couple yeah. ways. Well then how do you, and then also like, um, I mean, you know, granted the best answer is just to hire someone like you, but as you've, you probably know, um, a bit of a stigma in business owners today, it's sort of like the trying to do everything that, mm -hmm. especially things you shouldn't be doing. But for the business owner today, who's thinking about like, how do I even start like just getting my, you know, dipping my toe in the massive, it's not even, you know, it's not a pond, it's not a lake, it's like a sea of SEO. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, as a good first step, like even just having a website, I mean, what's, you know, what's, what's the first thing to do if you're going to start getting into SEO for your business? Yeah, you have to have a website because that's the entire premise of SEO is optimizing a website. So it's not optimizing a Facebook page or a LinkedIn profile. So you'd have to have a website uh, where you'd want to start first is, you know, here, here's a good opportunity to give out some of those free tools. So like I said, start with good page feed, gtmetrics.com will tell you, you know, how quickly your, your website's loading and what might be slowing it down. Um, then focus once you get a, a good website. So if you're a content only, if you're not e-commerce, then I always go with WordPress because you can touch and feel and you have access to everything you need to improve that page feed, make it mobile friendly, do whatever. Um, if you use a platform like Wix and Weebly, th those are fine for like getting a website up, but because they are hosted within that environment, you can only touch and feel and update whatever they give you access to touch and feel and update. So you, you can't update everything you need to, to fully maximize and optimize your website. Um, if it's commerce based, then you probably want to go with something like Shopify or big commerce. Um, even if uh, a lot of times I even have um, clients that are commerce still go with WordPress and use um, a plugin called WooCommerce, which makes WordPress, you know, commercifies it. Um, you know, we have a new client that's a $500 million brand and they are on WordPress. And so you can totally do um, commerce on WordPress. Now, once you build your website, then focus on your area of expertise, right? You're a business owner or you're an expert in something. So focus on content and showcase that expertise. Now, one way you can kind of, you know, a lot of people say, well, okay, well, I'm not a writer. I don't know what to write about. So here's another free tool. You can go to answerthepublic.com. And what it's going to do is tell you what people, you know, you can put in your, um, one of your keyword targets that you want to rank for that you could monetize. And it's going to tell you the who, what, when, where, and why of that word that people are already searching on search engines. Mm. So that way you don't have to guess and it'll say, you know, how do, how do blue widgets become blue? And what is the, well, actually I'll give you an example when we were doing the, the Utah jazz retail stuff is we typed it, we wanted to, you know, some of the ideal buyers would be people that want to buy jerseys from legacy players like Cara Malone. And so we typed in Cara Malone and answer the public and it was telling us, you know, 
how old is Carl Malone? What's his net worth? This and that. But then one of the one of them was how did Carl Malone die? Carl Malone's not dead. So here's <laughs> here's a great opportunity. You know, enough people are asking that 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 is our buyer because they they are a fan of Carl Malone. They're following him in some capacity. So then there's a great opportunity to make a post of something like the top ten rumors of how Carl Malone died, even though he's not dead. And so there's your opportunity to list that out. And then while you're in there, buy his jersey, you know? So tap into align your experience with your buyer's intent. And that's going to be the easiest in without us getting into all sorts of super technical stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Damon, this has been an amazing podcast. You've given us a lot of great, great advice. Uh, I always like to end an episode with allowing my guests to really share what's next for your business, but also like what, what people can do to like, not just connect with you, but just like start learning from you. I I know I mentioned the Facebook group, but what can my listeners do right as this episode ends to engage with you, to start uh, learning from you, to start getting your content? Uh, What does that look like? Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to chat. So if you want to go hit free seobook.com, um, that'll do a couple things. It'll give you a copy of my Amazon bestselling book, Outrank, that you mentioned. And so in there, there's, you know, it's a legit book, 150 pages, 12 chapters, and it's a total guideline. But then like you mentioned, the group on the thank you page, there will be a link to the group. So you can jump on that. The group's free. Um, I don't do any pitches really in there and it's just free advice to get in and ask questions. And then if you want to engage um, on a more frequent basis, uh, I'm active on Facebook, but LinkedIn is where I tend to, that's my platform of choice where I, I puke the most SEO <laughs> knowledge on. So yeah, hit me up freeseobook.com or, or add me on LinkedIn. Great. Damon, thanks for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Mike. And for our listeners, absolutely check out the book. Check out him on LinkedIn. I'll put those link descriptions in the episode description below. And hey, if you are a first-time listener to the podcast, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. We'll catch you later. See ya.